Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Anyone who has not trusted Christ, the scripture describes it as slavery to the world and to sin, that there isn't another way, that you're in bondage to the works of the flesh, that they are controlling you and that you feel that. You you feel like I don't have another way out. That's why the gospel is such good news, is because it is the way out. Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting our podcast. StoryWorth is a meaningful gift you and your family can treasure forever. And you can get started right away. Go to storyworth.com slash made for this to get $10 off your first purchase. If you've been with us this season, we are talking through the book of Galatians. And I love this book. This book is theologically very rich, deep. And it paints a picture that we no longer are subject to the law, but we are subject to Christ. And this is a whole different way to live. The reason I wanted to talk about this is I do believe that there are so many things that apply to the American church in this book that we have oftentimes been been distracted by many, many things. And we think it it takes many, many things to be a strong believer. And God really simplified it when Christ came to earth. It was, follow me, follow me. And that was the plan, was that we would want to be like Christ. And ultimately, that our salvation was not tied up into our performance or behaviors, but it was dependent on the work, the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. So that's what we've been talking about. And I'm really excited about this week because it's it's a little bit messy what we're going to read today. And that's why I want to set it up. Typically, we begin with scripture, but I wanted to set it up just a little because it's a pretty heavy passage. And I'm going to start in verse 1 of chapter 5. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Stand firm then, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. And then on down in verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. Now, if you've been following Galatians with us, you know that to be in a place where he's going to lay out a list of things that if you do these things, behaviors, then you aren't going to go to heaven 
is completely contrary to the beginning of the book where he is refuting these people who are saying you have to do such and such to be saved, to be a Christian. So this is the tension we have to hold when we approach the subject of grace. And this is how we're going to talk about it today. What we tend to do is we tend to build categories and we put people in different categories. And this is not the way that God works. He deals with each individual, with their situation, with their faith in him. And honestly, it says in scripture too that that we can't know the soul of a man. The only person that can know the soul of a man is himself and God. And so we can't actually know if somebody is saved or not. And what that means is that there is a war and there is a lot of parts to the war. And we're in the center of the war, actually, because we're the thing being fought over. We are God's possession, those who are in Christ Jesus. We are his children. We are his family. He loves us. He adores us. And so when you think about the war, the spiritual war in heavenly realms, it talks about that there is darkness and there is light. There are two sides. And that darkness has fruit and the light has fruit. And what Paul is talking about at this part in the book is saying, listen, basically, we will know who is saved by their fruit. We will see the fruit of their life. And the people who are flooded with with the fruits of the Spirit, the way that the Spirit moves and acts and loves, those things will come out of that person because they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you're saved, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. But if you are not saved, then what's actually going to come out of you are acts of the flesh, acts of the fallen nature of man, as well as acts of the enemy. And many of the things he named there are so evil, right? They're so evil that they're shocking. Orgies, drunkenness, sexual immorality. So he's he's saying that every person is one of two trees. They're either a tree that is rooted in the flesh or they are a new creation that is rooted in the spirit. And whatever kind of tree you are, that's the kind of fruit that you're going to you're going to build. Now that is different than the conversation of stumbling or or falling into sin or addiction as a believer. And I want to address that because many of you are thinking to yourself, "Oh my gosh, I've gotten drunk before. Does that mean I'm not saved?" Many of you are thinking to yourself, "I slept with my boyfriend outside of marriage. Does that mean I'm not saved?" And I'm going to say this. You have to ask yourself the question. I can't know. Nobody can know. Only you and God know if you are saved, if you have put your faith in him. But the fruit of that is that you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you are no longer comfortable in your sin. You no longer want to sin. You no longer feel at home in your sin. I have watched people confess their their trust and love of Jesus and go back to the lifestyle that they were living and it is ill-fitting. They are so uncomfortable in it that they will make radical shifts. I mean, I'm talking radical, radical shifts in their life where they walk away from one lifestyle and into another. And it is because no longer is that lifestyle of the world and the enemy fitting. They they don't want it anymore. It, It doesn't suit them. And so that's what I want you to picture and I want you to understand in this passage is he's not saying if you've ever been jealous or if you've ever gotten drunk or if you've ever messed up sexually. He's saying, if this is the road of your life, if this is the works of your life and there's no repentance and this is just who you are, angry, jealous, drunk, sexually promiscuous, if that is just how you live, then I would say it is likely that you are not saved, that the Holy Spirit has not filled you, that you have not put saving faith 
in Jesus Christ. Now, only you and God can answer that. I have known Christians who love Jesus and they struggle with addiction all of their life. It is different to struggle with a sin and to be fighting it than it is to be comfortable in that sin and allowing that sin to, to rule your life. And, and for anyone who has not cr- trusted Christ, that's the scripture describes it as slavery to the world and to sin, that there isn't another way, that you're in bondage to the works of the flesh, that they are controlling you and that you feel that. You, you feel like I don't have another way out. That's why the gospel is such good news is because it is the way out. It is the way out. I mean, for some, they might read that list and they might go, yes, that sounds like a party. That sounds great. For me, who has walked with Jesus for a long time, I have kids, I have a family, I have a husband who I love. Everything about that, I don't want anything to do with it. Even the things that I'm tempted to feel, I, I even recently, I, I sensed a little jealousy rise up in my heart and I hated the way it felt. I was like, no, no, I'm not going to go there because I, I don't want anything to do with it. And so I fight it. I push it away. I don't give it energy. I don't give it thought because that doesn't feel good in my soul. It doesn't feel good with the spirit that is in me that is celebrating other people and celebrating the work of God wherever it is. So we fight it. We, we are people who live in the world, but we're not of the world. And when you live in the world and these things are all around you, which guys, they are all around us. It is the water we were born into. It is the air that we breathe. It is just everywhere. And it is hard sometimes to separate and to see it, but it is the patterns of the enemy. It is the patterns of a fallen world. And those ways, dissensions, rivalries, jealousy, strife, sorcery, drunkenness, orgies, all of these things, these are pleasing to the enemy. This is, this is the enemy's goal, is to entangle people so deeply into it that they don't even know they're in bondage, that they don't even know there's another way to live, and they find themselves completely drowning in darkness. And I think it's just important. I think we tend to focus on behavior rather than the spiritual realm. And when you lift up above someone's behavior and you go, there's a war for that person, right? There's a war for that person. Um, from the time someone you love was born, from the time you were born, there were tendencies and fallenness to their body, to my body. And we have to fight the brokenness and fallenness of our bodies in a fallen world. That's real. However, it's way more complicated and the stakes get higher because it isn't just about the fall and it isn't just about the brokenness of our bodies in the world. It is also there is a spiritual realm and there are enemies that are fighting against us to love God. This time of year usually has me feeling all kinds of nostalgic, especially when you're with your extended family you often are going to hear a lot of stories. There are stories that you love to hear, ones you've heard maybe too many times, but have you ever wanted to help your loved ones document all of those stories? It can be really challenging to write an entire book of memories, but StoryWorth makes it really fun and easy, and this is how anyone can write a book about their life. StoryWorth is offering $10 off your first purchase at storyworth.com slash made for this. So here's how it works. Every week, StoryWorth emails your loved one, your family member, a single life-related question that you pick from the collection, like what's the bravest thing you've ever done or what's the farthest you've traveled. 
And then all they have to do is reply to the email with a story. And it can be however long they want to. So then over time, StoryWorth compiles all of these stories, memories, you can even do photos into a beautiful hardcover book. So your family has a valued keepsake forever. I just imagine my boys you know, 10, 20 years from now, knowing stories about their dad, about his time in the military, all the ways that God has grown him and shaped him. What a better way to pass along some of those memories. Millions of stories have already been told with StoryWorth because they make the process so simple. With StoryWorth, I'm giving those I love most a thoughtful, personal gift from the heart and preserving their memories and stories for years to come. Get started right away by going to storyworth.com slash made for this. You'll get $10 off your first purchase. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash made for this for $10 off. And now back to Jenny. I love how simple it is. He said, okay, so this is what it looks like. If you are a tree planted in the world, this will be your fruit. It will be fruit of jealousy, fruit of anger, fruit of division, fruit of strife, fruit of drunkenness, fruit of sexual immorality. But if you are planted in the Spirit, (laughs) this is scary and convicting, guys, then the fruit of your life is not division, anger, jealousy. The fruit of your life is actually something completely the opposite. It is the evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life. It is love. It is joy. It is peace. It is kindness. It is goodness. It is faithfulness. It is to be gentle. It is to be self-controlled. And that life is just evidence of God in the midst of a chaotic world that still is right now ruled by the enemy. He's actually called in John and in Corinthians, the ruler of the world. He is given some authority here, right? We see it. We see the evidence of that everywhere. He is not given ultimate authority, but he is certainly having his way right now. And it will not be the case forever. We know how the story ends, that he will be defeated, that God will win. He already won on the cross. So this is not the way the story ends. But right now we're in the middle of the you-know-what show. We are fighting and it is messy and it is hard. And we see evidence of the fall and the darkness and the evil one everywhere. And I think what we tend to do, though, is we tend to see people as the enemy rather than Satan. Paul warns us about that actually in Ephesians. He says, listen, you're not fighting flesh and blood. You feel like you're fighting flesh and blood. You're so angry at people. It feels like you're in a fight with them, but the reality is you are actually fighting dark cosmic powers that are coming for you and that the fruit of the dark cosmic powers are division and rivalry and dissension. We see that everywhere. He has had his way specifically right now with the church. Now, the gates of hell cannot come against it, right? The church isn't going to shrink or or die because the enemy is coming against it, but he is going to influence it. And, and we see that he has done that, that there has been the main conversations have been around divisions and rivalries rather than vision and where we're headed and what we're supposed to accomplish. And this is frustrating to me, if you can't tell. <laughs> It's very frustrating to me because of these verses, because of verses that say the fruit of the flesh are evident that it is rivalry, division, anger, envy. (laughs) And the fact that a lot of those words could be said of the church and of individuals in the church, it makes me sad and it makes me sick. The fruit of the spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness 
and self-control. And it is not that our lives aren't more fully reflective of Jesus as we are going. It's not, in fact, it, it is obvious, of course, our lives will look more like God when the Holy Spirit has filled us and when we're following him and we want to be like him, that's gonna change us. But what has happened is, is we've spent our energy instead of following Jesus, we've spent our energy building our own kingdoms. And when those have been threatened, rivalries come up, divisions come up, dissensions come up. And I think it's all somewhat in the name of God, specifically with the church, that everybody's fighting for something they just so deeply believe and they fear that it could be the end of the church. And I get it. But at the end of the day, we're supposed to fight for goodness and faithfulness and joy and peace and patience and gentleness and self-control with those qualities, right? Ultimately, that's what we want. I think most people, when they're fighting the fight, they're fighting for goodness. They're fighting for faithfulness. They're fighting for purity. They're fighting against immorality. But the way that we fight should be so different and should carry with the fight the characteristics of Jesus and the love of Jesus. And I think that's what's made me sad is probably more than anything, just the tone and the tenor of what I hear in the world right now, because we have important work to do. And if we are constantly looking at each other and fighting ourselves, then we can't go and help those that are in bondage and in slavery and that truly want out. I'm watching it happen, guys. When you tell people about Jesus right now, people are getting saved. Why? Because the darkness has gotten darker and it's revealed itself as, as hopeless. It's revealed itself as, this is not what, what I want. This is not the life I want. I want something different. And so when Jesus is presented to people in the midst of war, in the midst of brokenness, in the midst of so much trouble and darkness, they want Jesus. And so what our eyes turn out to the world that is watching and that needs this hope, and would our lives be planted as trees to living water next to streams of water that walk with God regularly, that know and follow God, and then therefore the fruit of our lives is, is life-giving and hopeful and beautiful and joyful and revealing of a God that loves people, that loves people, that is coming for people because he loves them instead of jealousy, envy, strife, and certainly all the other terrible things listed in this passage as well. So let me tell you what this looks like for me really practically is I just don't tear down other ministries or people. I just don't. And the reason why, and I don't criticize them and I'm not angry with them. I trust the Lord. I stick to my part of what God's called me to do. And I love everyone and I let God be God. And I will teach good theology. The way that I am bringing about, I pray, more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, more of God in the world is that I'm doing this. I'm, I'm teaching the word of God. I'm discipling people. I'm helping people understand the truth and the scriptures and to have good, solid theology. I believe that that is the way God called us to change the world is to make disciples, not to be angry and to go after every other person. Now, I am not talking about abuse. Praise God for the ways that darkness has been rooted out of the church. Where there is sin, we need to call it out. And certainly where there is bad theology, teach good theology, right? But we don't need to demonize other people. And I think that's really where I've drawn the line. And I'm not the only one that drew the line there. Billy Graham had the same rule had several. He had four or five rules. And one of the rules was, I'm not going to 
tear down. We're not going to demean other ministries. We're not going to tear them down. We're going to love people and we're going to cross different streams of the church. And we're going to believe that God is able to save people. And we are going to participate with that work with many different types of people across many streams. And that has served me well because it is so fun to have friends across all the different streams of the church. And you know what? My stream of the church gets things wrong. Other streams of the church get things wrong. And I believe if you believe in the blood of Jesus to forgive you for your sins and you have made him your Lord and Savior, then you are saved. And all the other stuff, we will figure it out in heaven. <laughs> we will. And I'm not saying that that we don't know what we can know today, but we want to know God as, as much as we can. That That's a delight of our lives is to know God and to give him away, to give the truth of God away. But at the end of the day, I don't want to be in the business of judging if somebody's saved or not. And I'm not going to come against my brothers and sisters. So that's where I land. And it has brought me joy and peace and a lot of amazing friendships across the church. Hey, did you know that you can text Jenny and I? And we actually read your text messages and we try to respond as many as we can, but it's just like such a fun way for especially you guys, our podcast fam, to ask questions. We send out ideas and stuff for you guys all the time to vote on. If you want to join, get out your phone. You're going to type the word podcast in the message part to the number 214-225-6267. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Made for This podcast. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.